Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. We are back once again with the Renegade Master. And joining me, of course, we have Al. Hello, Al. Hello, Mike. Hello, Anton. Hello. It's uh, uh, it's crazy, but like, you know, this is the episode that I was like, oh, we won't need to... Like, this episode 61 that's crazy and i actually have to do like behind the scene updates to the website because i was like it's like a y2k thing i never thought we would get this high it's crazy <laughs> oh really because we're actually at a high a higher number than we expected you've actually got to make amendments indeed <laughs> short sight <sighs> love it well, the thing is, we're, we're uh, people won't know this listening, but we're recording this slightly differently in that our Patreon supporters will get to watch us uh, record this live. So they'll actually see our faces, which is slightly scary because we're an audio podcast. Poor people, <laughs> poor Patreon supporters. Oh, dear. I know. And this week, you don't even have a full face of makeup, Mike. Uh, not this week. I have that is a thing that has happened in the past, but that's a story for another day. Um, yeah, so we're we're, we're going to try this out slightly differently for our Patreon um, supporters, so they can watch the live stream as it happens. So that's what we're doing right now. Uh, of course, it is the same as always for everyone else. Uh, so no need to panic. But if you do want to be one of our Patreon supporters, you can sign up and nsukp.co.uk. All the details are there. There's the SNES and the NES tier. The NES tier, you get a couple of things. You can join our Discord and things, and you would get access to to watch this kind of thing. But the Nez tier, you've got like eight extra podcasts a month, Anton, don't you? Indeed. Uh, we've got everything from Last Call, which is our kind of post show. It's our pub chat. It's us just talking nonsense, especially last week. My God, what happened? Uh, <laughs> similarly, we've got a show called Roundup, where we go through all of the games coming out this week. We recommend some deals that will kind of empty all of our wallets. It's done some damage with me already. <laughs> and we've got the, the prequel, where we go ahead and chat about some good old retro consoles, because... Uh, I think we all like some some good old pixelated goodness. Yeah, uh, the prequel I do enjoy doing. We had a big conversation about the, the Spectrum recently and we'll have another one coming up very soon, which we will not be talking about yet because it will be a surprise for those that uh, that listen to that. But yeah, eight extra podcasts a month you're getting uh, as well as the normal one. So nsukp.co.uk is where you want to head for all the details. Uh, thanks so much. We had another review, actually. I should probably read that out, actually. I've got it uh, here. But yeah, thanks so much for all the reviews. I put a little thing up on Twitter um, and it got a little bit of attention just scrolling. I figured out finally the reason is okay there's a bit of a confession here i figured out how to record video on my iphone you know how you see people and they're like yeah this is how you do this on the iphone and you can see like a video from their iphone screen i'd never been able to figure that out well i figured it out well, it's a, it's not actually that, co- but it's in accessibility and things. And there's an option you can do and, and you can put it on your screen. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, that's not the point. The point hmm. is I did it and scrolled through our reviews on iTunes. And there's so many. Actually, it was quite a substantial uh, little video. I don't know if you saw it, Anton. Yeah, it was a full motion picture just going past because uh, not only have people <laughs> just been so nice, like they've like explained how nice they are <laughs> it's like such like i, I can't yeah. write that much uh, i'm far well, too dyslexic actually, for that well we've got a new one uh, actually so i'm going to read this out so this is our f- uh, well 51 five stars we're at on and the place to do it is uh, apple podcasts or itunes or whatever you want to call it it's apple podcasts technically now um and it's from mr beast which i think is a great name thank you mr beast uh, very nice very nice is the uh, headline and then from there we have uh, one of my favourite pods. Uh, always look forward to a Monday for the latest on how best to fritter the hard-earned uh, cash away on the e-store. Uh, decent chat and content and a lot more relatable uh, than some of the other Nintendo podcasts from the States. But thank you very much. We really appreciate that, Mr. Beast. So thank you for that review. It is nice, Al, when we get these nice words, isn't it's it? It's lovely when we get these, particularly when they make me smile. I mean, I just uh, some of them have been hilarious. Some of them have been really nice. And there's something about that one. Like, I, don't, I just smiled when it said we were relatable. Oh, how little do they know us? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of relatable, I would like to talk about what I've been playing this week. But before we do that, Al, have you had any Switch fun this week? I have had some Switch frustration. And I don't mean with my continued oh, no. lack of a 
right Joy-Con because it's still not arrived in new one yet. No, I downloaded the Escapists in the e-store sale and I discovered I, I can never, ever, ever get locked up in prison because I cannot even escape the first level. I've I even looked up too. on the internet how to do it and still can't do it. Yeah, I have one and two and I do find them, I mean, I've only played it maybe an hour, but I, I honestly found it really tricky. But I guess if you get into the way of it, it becomes easier because you understand. But it's like, well, it's like kind of learning, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I went on the internet after about an hour and a half of playing the game. I thought, I'm going to have to go find out at least how to beat the first level to, to get my mind into it. I watched videos on how to do it three different ways. Couldn't execute a single one of them. <laughs> Not oh, one. Dear. So I've given up on that and I've gone back to playing Harry Potter Lego. Mm. See, that was... Uh, uh, Anton? Yeah, that was the thing that always put me off the Escapist games. Like, I watched some Let's Plays of it, and then the, the people playing it, they were like five steps ahead. It was like a 4D chess game. I'm like, I, I'm not big brain enough for this. So uh, uh, I've been very much a child once again. Uh, doing my, I've kind of got in a rhythm of 15 minutes a day of Animal Crossing, but outside of that, uh, I booted up Minecraft. I'm like, oh, they've done a, basically the Hell Dimension, the Neller. They've done a massive upgrade, and they've added thousands of new ways to get to kind of get murdered I was like okay let's give that a go uh, I ended up just doing some Sounds underwater fun. landscaping because uh, why not <laughs> I also love the fact that you're the only person in their early 20s who would use the phrase booted up when talking about Minecraft but I'll uh, I, that's a compliment by the way that yes the Minecrafts <laughs> um, I have well I've been playing um, some more uh, Phoenix Wright which has been good but I've also bought and started playing Later Daters Oh, <laughs> I knew you would I was waiting for you to buy that game I knew you were going to do it Yeah, and Modern what's the verdict day. I love it well so if you've played Long Story which um, was by the same developers you're pretty much halfway there to knowing what it's going to be in terms of the way it plays. It's it's a visual novel, essentially, but with choices. So, But it's really good. And I have to say that um, I'm already into the story. I'm, I've decided to call my character Nigel. So my character is Nigel Smith. <laughs> I'm a, a 79-year-old retiree, uh, just lost... Well, I lost my wife about five years ago in the story. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I've, man. I mean, that's, I've, that's taken my, I've taken my cat Millie with me uh, in the story as well. Um, and that is, I, that's my actual cat's name as well. And um, yeah, I've, there's all sorts of goings on. I won't going to give too much away, but I, I'm, you know, I've, I've already been um, hit on once by one of my neighbours, uh, one of my, uh, who was very sort of to the point about it, but I'm not quite ready for that yet. So I've taken a step back. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think it's really well written. I think that's the one thing I'll say about it. Whether or not it's your thing, I don't know. But I, I actually, I'm really enjoying it. And I think it's a lot of fun. Later daters. And the best part is the song at the start is genius. It's really, really good. And I actually sit and listen to the whole song on the menu just because it's great. And throughout it, there's um, there's one person in the care home who used to be a rock star. That's not giving too much away because you meet, meet him within the first half an hour. And you hear him actually playing songs and they've actually got the, like you've, they've actually got songs made for it so that it's an actual original song that you hear while you meet him and, and he's singing. It's really good. It's really well written. Um, and serious topics in it as well. Really, see, I've already, we've already had some real medical things that are, are, you know, serious topics that lots of us go through in life. And I just really like it. I think it's really good. Wow. Fantastic. Later. <laughs> Daters. Sorry. I'm so hoping you're going to give us a rendition. Aww. Go on. Later. Daters. That's all I can remember because the verse is just very funny, but the, the chorus is really hooky. It's great. So, yeah, hats off I, to them. I'm so, so, later daters. so happy to hear that, Mike, because I won't lie, when we were, were discussing it on Roundup, I was absolutely astounded at how affordable of a game it is. It's only like £6.59. And that's not yeah, including yeah. like a, it's just came out 10% off sale. That's just a starting off price. So, uh, yeah. I think I, I've overlooked that game far too much. <laughs> well, long, long story. Um, I can't remember how many hours of gameplay I got, but it was substantial. It's 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 one of those games that I really like when it's last thing at night and you've got half an hour before um, before you sort of decide to go to sleep and you're like, oh, I just want to play something. It's not going to wake you up in that sense. It's not like an action game in that way, but it's a really nice storyline. So really enjoying that. I'm going to try and play through most of it by next week to give you a proper verdict, but I'm... 
I'm enjoying later daters. So there I said it. In fact, I was slightly self-conscious about it because I realized that all our listeners uh, that are Patreon supporters and all my friends that are on my Switch have my friends code. So everyone else on there, I'm looking at playing Animal Crossing. There was a couple of people playing Zelda. There was The Witcher. And then there's me with later daters in the corner. Yeah. It's good to be different, Mike. It's a good thing. Absolutely. Embrace it. Absolutely. It's something like that. So with that, let's move on to this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. So then, uh, well, it's it's a weird kind of time just now. So we'll we'll go through some of these uh, announcements and we'll kind of chat about them. We're going to, by the way, a little bit later on, we're going to freshen things up a bit with the quiz again, just because we do that every few months. We reckon it's about time. I say freshen things up, but we're going to bring back an old favourite with a bit of a twist. So a bit more on that later, but on to the news. Uh, first of all, Subtle Boom, which is a great name, have announced Fledgling Heroes. It's coming out on the 7th of May. It's a side-scrolling bird game. <laughs> just it's, anytime I see side-scrolling bird game, I think about that two-month period in 2014, right at the start of the year when everybody oh, went mental Bird. for Flappy Bird. Uh, uh, yes. Anton, is this like Flappy you Bird? <laughs> Actually, yes. It's kind of got that same kind of swooping up and down motion to it, that kind of momentum where you kind of need to think about how much you're going to arc with your kind of swing of your wings. But they've combined it with a full-on, like, uh, kind of radius or kind of whatever shirt you could imagine it's got a little bit of insanity it's got uh, an element of that kind of tongue-in-cheekness from that finger freedom game that came out a couple months back and yeah just surprising how similar it is to uh that that old bird game from 2014 i forget the name but but again so different yeah, yeah, this one's um, a lot deeper, isn't it? There's a lot more meat in the bones. There's level editors and all kinds of good stuff going on here. And actually, I was looking at it thinking, this is probably quite a good starter game for a lot of kids. It's bright, it's cheery. This mechanic is incredibly simple, from what I can see. It's literally just tap it to keep the bird in the air at the right time. And it looks like it might not be a bad game. Well, here's my... Here's my um, sort of playing devil's advocate here. Is this, because it is available on Apple Arcade, uh, is it better to go and buy this on mobile or do you think the switch because we have got the touch screen you know because I, I can imagine this game works quite well with touch screen um or is it a switch thing that you think you know if you can get it cheap enough pick up and switch so i'm going to say switch for, for the for actually for what you've just touched on so you're saying uh, touch screen works quite well with these things i hate these games with a touch screen because your finger gets in the way of what you're trying to do you can't see the screen because your hand is there i would much rather have buttons off to the side like the switch has we can properly control it properly see what you're doing switch Hands down. And it's going to be seven ninety nine in the UK store, if I think it's already out from on the UK store. Okay. Uh, Anton, no, your thoughts? Seventh, seventh of May. Ah, okay. Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, I think I've been quite a prominent supporter of just with some titles just going for the Apple Arcade version. I think with this one being slightly cheaper and depending on how hard the difficulty gets, I would probably lean towards having it with some dedicated buttons. But I think it's uh, it gets a little bit harder there because I, I know a lot of people who have been using our Apple Arcade have been using like the the game vice game controller thing. So, but you know, I, I think I think I would go switch this one. It's they're not asking too much, uh, and you know what? The big brain move is to just use Apple Arcade and trail out and see if it's any good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that is a good way to do it. All right, next up, we've got another Sega Ages release, and it's another Thunder Forces one. We already have a Thunder Force one uh, game on the Switch, which is great, and this is AC. It's coming to Switch soon. Uh, that's been announced. Um, yeah, a game that, again, is well-reviewed. It's kind of shmup-type game, isn't it, Anton? Is that what the kids call it? Yeah, shmup, I believe it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> Such a stupid name. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where that it's we get so many of these genre names and then it's just like yeah you know it's, it's an open adventure and then it's like yep it's castlevania now everything's a metroidvania <laughs> but nevertheless that's a story for a different day but um yeah if, i don't know if you've ever played any of the thunder force games i believe i played two and four when i was a kid on the mega drive and you know I, they don't have any wild gimmicks but they're just a good old solid space shooter um i always found them slightly easier they're one of the few i could get into and not just get uh, murdered five seconds into playing it so hopeful if you're kind of craving it but you're not wanting something super hard like Ikaruga uh, this might be a nice addition it is kind of horizontal scrolling for reference yeah it's more my if I was going to buy a game in this genre 
Um, I think from a nostalgia point of view as well, because obviously I grew up playing the Mega Drive, uh, it would be more likely that I would go for that than something more kind of complicated. Al, what's your thoughts on it? Um, well, I mean, this is basically, I think, from what I can gather, this is a re... What do you call it? A rebirth of Thunder Force 3, which is on the Genesis. Um, to be honest, I've never played any of them. The only one I may potentially have played would have been Thunder Spirits, which is when this was ported over to the SNES and apparently it was a terrible port, a terrible game and pretty much nobody should ever have seen it, played it, breathed on it, whatever. It should never have existed. Um, yeah, not, not. It's not necessarily following my boat, but I've never seen it. So it might well turn out to be my favourite game of all time. Unlikely that I should even try it, sadly. I, I feel like I should give this game some some love and at least give it a bash, but got too much else to do yeah, <laughs> yeah one day i'm really hoping that they they do a collection of all these sega ages games because they've made a few goods like a decent set now and uh i think you know the the mega drive classic collection didn't have the the greatest reviews and i think for you know eight pounds a title is a little bit much if they could cram 20 of them for 40 pounds oh it's happily uh, for over the cash you know what this is again a game i think would do do quite well from giving us a demo for a game mm. that might, and I'm saying there's no big hook, but it's a really solid game. If someone gave me a free demo I can play and go, actually, you know what, that's quite good fun. I wouldn't mind jumping yeah. a couple of quid at that. You could get away it with a short demo as well, because the game won't be particularly long given yeah. its era, so you could get away with just a quick... There is one level. little thing in this I really like, and that's the, the Sega Ages. I presume it's the most of Sega Ages when they do the screen filters. Yeah. You can make it look like you're playing on an actual CRT. I just love that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I'm with you on that. Uh, next up, World War Z uh, is uh, has been announced. It's going to be ported to the Switch from Saber Interactive. Uh, looks pretty solid. I mean, I know that um, there's a lot of love for this game from people that have played it on PlayStation 4, for example, or Xbox One. Um, is it is it related to the film, <laughs> Anton? I don't you know, know, it's based off the same license, but... Um Unlike the movie, people like this one uh, very much. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's not narrative, it's not got a story, so you don't need to be aware of the film or anything like that. It is a four-player co-op shooter. Um, you can't play it alone, and even if you do try and play it alone, you'll be placed with four AI bots, or three AI bots, and it's very much left for dead, but with thousands of mobs, like ridiculous amounts of zombies they like literally pile up on top of each other uh, count, like in the, the movie count trailers mass swarms yeah you know what I really liked about this I don't know if either of you guys watched the uh, IGN sort of um, take on the announcement but it's the uh, game of the year edition that they're launching on the Switch and I think the first thing that IGN said was we're not entirely sure what award they're claiming this came to be because probably where game didn't win any awards <laughs> oh, right <laughs> there must be an award somewhere otherwise they wouldn't be able to do this but the Sabre Interactive uh, Internal Awards yeah. possibly possibly <laughs> I just find that quite funny <laughs> yeah uh, well it is coming and I know a lot of people are very happy about that and there's another game which is going to be ported to the Switch and it's being handled by Sabre Inter- Interactive as well and it's from Crytex and they've announced Crisis Remastered for the Switch uh, which is really good because it's a bit of a classic Crisis Anton yeah if if any of you are, if it's a little bit hazy for anyone, uh, Crisis was like the game to beat in terms of graphic. It was one of the most kind of technologically advanced games of its time and for like a good decade. Uh, and kind of following up with the sequels, it was very much a case of a PC is good, but can it run Crisis? And that was the benchmark <laughs> if your PC was any good. And yeah, you basically play like the super futuristic super soldier uh, to the most extreme degree and uh, just kind of go through levels. <laughs> I, I don't know if it... Have you, are you Huge familiar stuff. with it, Mike? Uh, no, I, I, do you know, I remember it at the time and, and wasn't particularly bothered, but I think I was too busy playing things like Halo and Gears of War, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, it was... Um, it is one now looking back that I think, yeah, I'd probably be quite keen to to have a go at this. Now, again, it's price dependent, isn't it? You know, if it comes out at full price, which I think it probably will, I may wait until I can get a port, uh, get a, a physical edition cheaper, you know. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm quite keen to find out. What's your thoughts, Al? 
I'm just keen to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I really want to know what this is going to look like running on a Switch. Because when you look back at it now, it is still graphically a mm-hmm. stunning game. Yeah. That's still uh, good, yeah. And to, yeah, to have something like that run, if it runs really well on the Switch, I'll be so impressed and so pleased. It'll show how far they've managed to come at optimizing the, the uh, well, both the software and the hardware, I guess, really. Yeah, I think especially because one of the key takeaways for me from the announcements was the announcement that it would be running... Um, it would have ray tracing, which um, I don't know how up to date people may be with it, with where ray tracing is. Um, it's basically right on the cutting edge of PC graphics right now. You minimum talking £400 graphic cards to get 30 frames per second in Minecraft with ray tracing. Super advanced mm. technology. It's going to be only in the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. They're not doing it with the Xbox One and thingy. And that's mainly wow. due to hardware kind of limitations. But uh, Crytek, with their new game engine, which is presumably on the same cutting edge as their previous engines with the previous Crisis games, is looking to build that into the engine rather than building it into the hardware. And the fact that they're bringing that to Switch could be very revol- kind of either a horrible disaster and it won't run <laughs> or quite revolutionary. I'm very curious to see how that turns out. Yeah, that's cool. I'm very interested to see as well where that does go. Um, Okay, next up, Bandai Namco have announced Jump Force Deluxe Edition, which is a massive anime crossover fighting game in a realistic world featuring 50 characters. Uh, Interestingly, I was looking into this a little bit more because I I feel like I want a fighting game at some point, and there are a few good ones out there on the Switch. It's just a case of deciding which one's right for you. And I actually quite like the look of this. I know it's going to be running at 1080 docked as well, Anton, which is a bit of good news. Yeah, and... this game doesn't look half bad, and it's basically kind of, kind of a crossover of all Shonen's properties. Uh, it was, I think it was made to celebrate their 50th anniversary. And if you're looking at, like, if you're not familiar with, uh, kind of, if have seen trailers of this game, I highly recommend looking up the character mm. roster because there's 50 characters, and some of them are wild and just you would never expect to see them in a fighting game with particular interest of mine's been the they've got yugi from yugimon and then they have like at light from death note which it's like he just scribbles in a notebook how's he killing people alistair <laughs> <laughs> i know it's it's the roster is bonkers there's so many random characters in there but i look through it and i don't really watch that much of that kind of anime and i've gone nope don't know any of these characters there's a lot of faces that look vaguely familiar to me i don't know who they are all the anime i watch is kind of a completely different style things like cowboy bebop and all that kind of good stuff they're not in here mm-hmm. not interested do we sadly but we'll go play street fighter <laughs> yeah yeah no i i do you know i'm um i'm quite interested in this i just think it looks really cool and uh, you know again it, it's one that i'll probably i don't think i'm going to jump out and buy it straight off yeah. I say jump because it's called jump force but i'm definitely keen to find out where it goes no it wasn't it wasn't a joke i just it was one of those things you know when you you say a word and you look you realize your reason you've said that is because it's in the title or something you didn't i didn't try and say jump but just came out as jump because you know, that's the title anton you're going to say yeah something. the one thing i would say i'm kind of in a similar vein with yourself mike where you know, the kind of a lot of these Dragon Ball Z games, they have their it's a fighting game, but it isn't like it's far more three dimensional. You're flying through the air, you're kind of vaulting, you're kind of floating, it's kind of looser. And I've never been invested in a franchise quite like that, where like I've never been invested in one of those franchises. So I think maybe having one of those floaty flying in the air super fighters that isn't of a particular property invested might be a really interesting way to kind of try a new style of game here yeah yeah I, i'm definitely keen to to find out more so i'll be watching that with interest I'll tell you, what, you go buy it i'll come around to your house we can play it when all this is over uh and then i'll decide <laughs> i love it and i'll go and buy it myself yeah, that's usually how it works. I think I think it's my copy of Lego you're playing right now. But let's. I think uh, it is your copy of Lego I'm playing just now. <laughs> oh, well, I just have to buy some more physical games I can borrow from you. Next up, we've got... Um, this is really interesting to me because I'm going to say this, but I called this probably a year ago um, when I said that the Switch was fast becoming the spectrum of the generation because it was a gaming console slash computer like the spectrum was obviously not computer but it's a gaming console that you could actually go and get involved and get interactive and I talked about the fact we had um, we've got like numeracy games we've got educational games on the Switch and the App Store and now we're getting Smile Basic 4 uh, coming on the 23rd of April so a few days time 1999 and it's a game developer development suite and of course where have we heard basic before whenever i ramble on about the spectrum anton so i think 
I think I've kind of said that this might happen in the past and I'm really, really delighted by this. I think this is such a great idea. Yes, and I, I'm... I, you know, when I saw the headlines of this, I was fully expecting maybe like a Project Dreams level thing or kind of like a 2D game maker. The tools on offer here are incredibly extensive, almost a little bit daunting in some ways, where you have full 3D modeling tools in there. You have two full like pixel art tools. You have full like logic and you have incredible freedom that I would have never expected from a game like this. Yeah, from what I can see, there's also an actual built-in you know, code editor as well. You can literally get down to the nitty-gritty of it. It looks really deep and really interesting. I'm curious to know if there was a Smile Basic 1, 2, 3, or if the 4 actually means something. Ah, they, they, they previously did entries on the, the 3DS, of all things. Uh, on there, it looked a lot more primitive. This looks like a, a full ground-up reboot. Uh, but nevertheless, I think the basic code is uh, kind of agnostic between the platforms. That's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, I just think it's a great idea. And obviously, I think, again, for people who are um, serious developers, you know, it's probably not something they're going to be looking at because it, it's more of a user-friendly thing. But but I think, again, this just shows you, you know, we talk about indies, what's the, what's the gaming console that they tend to go to nowadays? And this is something we're going to come on to because we are going to be introducing a new feature on the show in a couple of weeks more dedicated to indies. Uh, but this is really interesting because it's another way of kind of getting people creating and, and building and, and getting into the sort of gaming thing. I just think it's great. It's it's something I I really missed on the previous sort of generation of consoles. And as you said, it was on 3DS, but um, generally it's um, it's not something we've seen a lot of, Al. So no, I think it's good. Totally on board. I, I'm loving the fact that this is coming out. Just wondering if there's some way I can try to get my four-year-old using this. Mm. Probably not, but I'm going to try. Yeah, it's worth a go, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I think I was probably six, five, six when I was started messing about with basic on a swi- uh, switch. <laughs> I was really advanced <laughs> when I was, I was from the future. Um, no, I, uh, for, I went up on the spectrum. So, yeah, what about you, Anton? What's your, would you think oh, you'd have a go at this? You know, the thing I think could really push this to the next level is if they make it reasonably easy to exchange code. I think mm-hmm. if... You know, you could go and even if it was just between friends or kind of, um, you had to be local or some way of exchanging codes, you could get a really kind of, uh, it's like in, in the kind of old days where you just kind of maybe had like a sheet of code and then you're like, yeah, you know, uh, David made this game. It's kind of like asteroids, but like with aliens, like I, I think that mm. has like the potential to really open this up for kind of like myself and Super Mario Maker. I don't make levels, but I'm sure happy freeloading off all the levels everybody else is creating. Well, <laughs> well, one of the things that they've said in this is that you'll be able to play other people's creations as well. So there is going to be the option within um, this particular version to go and have a shot of what other people have created, which I think is great. And obviously, I guess whether or not you could share that beyond with having the game, you know, I'm not sure. But certainly within the game, if you've got it, you, you'll be able to try them out. So that's that's kind of cool as well. So... Uh, right, next up, ESRB, as in the Entertainment Software Rating Board. Uh, were you going to say something, Anton? Oh, no, sorry. I was changing the focus of my camera. <laughs> he was oh, waving. I see. Oh, focus. I'm like, let's fix oh. this. <laughs> well, just for the uh, benefit of our podcast, uh, Anton had two hands in the air looking like either he was waving to me or starting the very start of the YMCA chorus. But I wasn't sure which. But <laughs> no, it was neither. I'm just going over a Vogue frame. Yeah. Vogue frame, you yeah. Know. Strike a pose. Um, <laughs> ESRB, so the Entertainment Software Rating Board, will begin assigning a new interactive element uh, for in-game purchases including random items Anton talk me through this I'm assuming this means that they're going to be looking more in depth um, at things that you can buy within a game including the kind of random stuff just to make sure nothing slips through the net and is the wrong rating is that the kind of thing? Uh, uh, Kind of it's more so (laughs) signposting to consumers which games have microtransactions and as well as that mentioning which games have loot crates and very much on the boxes of the games it is very evident it has the little wee e or 10 or whatever logo it says what it is next to it and then right kind of big text it's saying whether or not it includes these random events uh, or in-game transaction uh, in-game purchases which i think on the consumer side the goal is here that this will almost become like a little wee red flag for some games where you kind of see it and then you're like, oh, I'm not going to buy a game that has pay to win. And uh, hopefully yeah, we'll get yeah. less of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing, I think, Alistair, isn't it? 
I could not agree more. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I get really annoyed at paper when I get I kind of enjoy, I kind of annoyed at in-game purchases. Full stop. I kind of miss the days when you went out to the shop, you bought a cartridge, you came home, and that was it. But that's not the world we live in anymore. So, the fact that they can at least have somebody looking at them specifically and rate them appropriately is no bad thing, if you ask me. Can I do a sideways rant? It's not exactly. On Are you this. lie down or oh. what? <laughs> I mean, if you want me to, but when I say sideways, it's slightly off topic. So, uh, but it's it's still relevant in this in the sense of um, loading times and things. Um, Rant away, my friend. Okay, I'll only be one minute. But basically, um, as you know, or not everyone will know, listening, but I've as part of my job at the moment, I'm running a FIFA 20 competition on the PlayStation 4 for the radio station I mm-hmm. work for. So listeners are playing and competing. Uh, by the way, I'm fourth bottom, which is better than bottom. Uh, but I don't have a PlayStation 4. I had to borrow one before all this happened and. And I think by, although I was bought FIFA 20. So uh, I've had to sort of play from scratch. And the one thing, one of the reasons I got rid of my PlayStation 4, and I know I, I love certain things on the PlayStation 4, don't get me wrong. But the one reason that really, really made me want to jump on the Switch, apart from the portability thing, was the lack of having to wait for hours for updates. And three times in the three weeks that I've played since I started running this tournament, I've had to sit and go, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait half an hour. I've got to update everything. And then they've messaged me going, oh, I've just logged on. I'm sorry, I'll have to wait another half an hour to play that game because I'm just updating everything. And it's the constant, constant update thing that you have to do in the PlayStation 4. Um, And... You don't have that with the Switch, and I love that. You know, <laughs> basically. Well, I mean, even when you do, when the Switch has an update, the Switch update literally takes thirty seconds, and it's done. I know. Oh, it's you know, I, I love that you bring this to the table, Mike, because I've been having the same trouble. They've recently given away a bunch of games for being in quarantine. They give away the entire trilogy for free, so hooked Amazing. up by PS4. Great. By the way, some of my favorite games in there as well. Oh, it's not. It's not that I don't love those games couldn't agree more so go ahead boot up and then i was like all right you know while i'm here uh let's uh tr- maybe have like free games for the playstation i have spider-man last of us uncharted 4 so free games i'm like okay let's uh get another one uh i go i'm like oh let's download something free to play i get the call of duty war zones download it 111 gigabytes and i'm like that's cool i, I have the bandwidth i have the space uh i did have to delete a game because <laughs> they're all 100 gigs now go boot up i get to the i go through all the settings i do the brightness i do the screen space i get in it and then they're like you have to download the war zones game mode and it's 20 gigabytes i was like what was the 111 gigabytes <laughs> yeah yeah it's just oh it just takes all the joy out of that moment of going yes here we go because you know i was I, i'm enjoying the play i mean i'm i'm I find FIFA I remember why I stopped playing it because I just get so so frustrated and angry playing so it so angry yes angry <laughs> it's true I'm still the same as I was back then Al it's actually true um, but uh, what I've realised with it is that it just t- it just sucks all that momentum out of it and then suddenly you're like oh, I can't be bothered now. I've just got to wait for another half an hour to play and then you know so yeah thank goodness for the yep. Switch yep. Much have you ever wondered why it. we did a Switch podcast this is why <laughs> yeah but don't <laughs> get me Switch wrong fanboys. <laughs> absolutely some amazing stuff on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One so don't get me wrong there's stuff that we, we don't have on the Switch uh, right so moving on then the, the, this is interesting if you're a Pokemon fan uh, there's a data mine this data mine happened of Pokemon Yellow and they've discovered evidence of a lost Pokemon Pink that would have been kind of interesting Al it would have been, yeah. I saw this when it flagged up uh, earlier on the week and had a little look through the, the notes. So there wasn't a whole lot that was discovered. There were sort of little bits that I think they'd discovered sort of the beginning of some level maps and a couple of wireframe trips of Pokemon. And I don't think there was a whole lot else. Anton might correct me on that. But it's it's just a really interesting insight into what was going on inside um, Game Freak at the time that they were they obviously started to put together this game. And for whatever reason, it got pulled. And I suspect this probably happens on a fairly regular basis. Um, and we just never see or hear or, or vaguely aware of it. And it's kind of cool just to peek behind the curtain and get an idea of what might have been. Yeah, and you know... I- I think it would be lovely if we ever got like a collection of these old Pokemon games because I, I think they're getting a little bit old to sell on their own now. If they could like go ahead and like finish up these kind of loose games because at least from my understanding of the Pokemon, the difference between kind of blue, red, yellow, etc. isn't the largest. So I imagine it would just kind of be a case of no, figuring they're, out they're, who's They're there. exactly the same game. So between, for example, blue and red, the game was identical. It's just you were restricted in which Pokemon were available in 
which version. So you had to go, you had to go and get, I know, red, your pal had to go and get blue, and you'd have to trade to get the full set. So I think the, the thinking behind what Pokemon Pink was going to be was Pokemon Yellow focused on Pikachu. Pokemon Pink, I think they were thinking, was going to focus on Clefairy from memory, ah. who apparently was supposed to be the main Pokemon that was going to be sort of fronting the whole Pokemon franchise before Pikachu took over. Uh, see uh, I won't lie the thing that makes me sad about this is I have like a a pastel pink Game Boy Pocket and I was like oh this would have looked this would have been such a good pairing (laughs) with the pink cartridge I was truly robbed (laughs) that's the graphic designer in you speaking there I'm afraid Anton Uh, next up the team behind Animal Crossing New Horizons have claimed that they are allowed as much time as they need to be satisfied with the quality of the game before it was released Um, yeah I think um, the satisfaction levels of most players, Anton, has been pretty high. So I would... S- Look, I'm having not played it, but from an outsider's point of view, I would say that shows. Yeah, and I think this is just kind of a testament to the, the working culture within of Nintendo that, you know, I, I think especially kind of with the demand of this game it could have been very easy to buckle and be like you know what we we want this out year two of Switch. We need it like right there kind of before the Switch light is already out or whatever it may have been, but, um, you know, it's a, I guess we've, Miyamoto is like the, the, the key quoted figure when it comes to kind of not rushing a game. Uh, and I'm glad that's kind of still the Nintendo we live with. It is. I really hope that, um, that cor- corporate ethos kind of carries on. It would be a shame if Nintendo did at some point decide that rushing games out was more important. I very much doubt they would. I can't see them doing that. They, they have always stuck to their guns and done things their own way. Quality over quantity has generally been their ethos over oh, pretty much the entire time I've paid any attention to Nintendo, really. Can't think mm. of a really bad first-person or first-party uh, thing they've ever done other than perhaps the Virtual Boy, but let's not talk about that. Well, I don't think the Virtual Boy was necessarily bad. It, it gave just... people migraines and made them vomit. Uh, it was pretty bad. I think, I think it was just... <laughs> Way ahead of its time, personally, but yeah, I think um, it was it was a really interesting R and D thing. It should just never have actually hit the shops. Mm. Yeah, I think um, the bought it with Nintendo. Like Sell on. they never really do a bad game. The worst they do is they maybe do like, uh, especially maybe during the Wii U era with like Paper Mario and uh, Mario Tennis Ultra Smash, where you know they they weren't bad games. They were just light light on content and just kind of were the pure like the basics like very empty but at the same time the quality was there and you know there was nothing inherently wrong with them i think that's a good comment anton because i would i would extend that comment to um mario party for example which i think is a great game on the switch i really enjoy it but um i think that the there's a lack of content there you know the lack of online playability the lack of anything new arriving in in it you know is is, is only what six boards something like mm. that not a huge amount anton so that's i would i would agree with that and uh, what a perfect time to kick the the dead horse that we love to kick that is arms <laughs> when it comes to not well, having that. Nintendo, <laughs> okay. nintendo game <laughs> <laughs> okay there's a couple uh, nintendo though have released and this is one that's interested me for probably a different reason to a lot of people and uh, because i know that there was interest in our discord patreon chat about this so they've been re- uh, released a an update it's 10.00 or 10.0.0 and they've added a a bookmark feature to the news uh, channel which probably most people don't really care about they've also added an option to transfer software data between the system memory and on an SD card which is what I'm going to come on to in a minute. They've also added an option to remap the controller buttons and a new section in user settings for play activity settings. They've also added new selections to the lineup of user profile icons, which is cool. There's six new icons in there from Animal Crossing New Horizons for the user. Now, the bit that really got me, I know people were excited about the remapping of controller buttons, and that is a cool thing. But for me, it's the transferring data between the system memory and an SD card. I have an SD card that is quite full, and when you have the SD card in, it automatically assigns whatever game you download to the SD card. So I was finding that it was getting full and I've got a full space of, you know, uh, availability on my actual Switch because there's one game on there. Um, and that wasn't a huge problem, but it meant having to pull the thing out and, you know, then save something on the, the main Switch. It was just a bit of a pain. So the fact you can switch things over now and move them around... Anton is a really useful thing. Yeah, and I could totally see people as I think you're slowly going to become like tetrising all of their games onto the system storage and like condensely packing it so you've got all the you can use every megabyte because it is annoying when you've got like 
you're wanting to download like say an eight gigabyte game and you have like uh only six gigabytes on one and then eight on the other and you know you could move it and can fit it all in but yeah that yeah. is super exciting how, how how are you feeling about the the remapping options because i know that's what uh, a lot of people have been getting really excited for in this update I noticed that in the Discord, a lot of people were getting very excited about the remapping. I have to say, I've never actually thought the buttons on the Switch needed remapping at any point. I've never come across a game where, I don't think I have, where I've gone, this is wrong, it needs fixed. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that might be a thing, and it's only because I've gone back to having to play the PlayStation 4 for this competition, but one thing I'm doing on the PlayStation all the time is I'm closing everything constantly because the button for for progressing and saying yes move forward a page or whatever on the PlayStation is the opposite to the Switch so the the I think it's B on the Switch is the bottom one isn't it is it B at the bottom indeed yes yeah, it is B at the yeah, bottom so, B at the right so B is back essentially usually for the Switch menu and A is advance I guess I'm just using the the, the letters to remind me whereas on the Switch uh, sorry on the PlayStation X which is at the bottom. Um, is go forward, which is really confusing. So I keep closing software. Um, so I can understand if you if you're like switching between different consoles, maybe Anton. That's maybe where you might go. Yeah, I might do that. I way. won't lie. Ninety percent of people I've seen be excited about this is people that are more experienced with Xbox and they're kind of remapping the buttons to be in the same position. Uh, which yeah. I, I could totally see, and that's mainly what I've used it for. Where I have one of the not not mapping it to Xbox controls, but mapping a 8-bit dual controller. I have the M30, the Mega Drive one, for the buttons to actually be in the right place because they've switched, like, A and B are kind of alphabetical rather than uh, how it is on the Switch. But You've just given me exactly the one reason I will use it, and that's for my 8-bit dual uh, controller as well because I've got the SNES one, so Mm. I'll probably use it for that. Um, so yeah, good show. And even I then, like I, I think another useful case with it is with some games where, with control, if you're using a controller, it has just two bumpers. You can map it so to use the triggers if that game depends on it, and you can. They, f- I think they allow the option to save some profiles, so you could have one dedicated for a certain game, or if you want to be a nihilist, uh, you can always map any game to work with a single Joy-Con. If you're feeling crazy, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think uh, I think I'll stick with just you know keeping them as they are. Apart from maybe well, I might my... have to do that at the moment, given the fact that one wing doesn't work. <laughs> well, that's a very good point, actually. Uh, next up in Japan, you'll now be able to make custom switch bundles, allowing you to mix and match Joy-Con colors. Anton, I can feel you reeling at this. Yes, this is uh, what I've always dreamed for. <laughs> um, I'm super excited for it, and it winds me up because um, last week when we recorded the podcast. I like when we started the episode I was like oh yeah yeah I forgot to add that to the notes I'll mention that during the podcast and then I forgot and then the entire episode I was just like there was something I meant to mention and it just never came to me so this is it this is it here and hopefully we get this over to the UK because it would be nice to see more than three different versions of the Switch in the wild (laughs) it would be did you guys see the guy this week or maybe last week by now who built a Switch for his mate he went and bought a hold of OEM parts and built a Switch for $200. Oh, yes, no. I did see that. It looked really cool. He, I don't know where he got the bits, but the Joy-Con and the actual case from the back were transparent, so you could literally see everything. But it was all OEM parts, and he just ordered them all in. I imagine he must have paid a fortune in shipping, but let's not get into that. And uh, just assembled the whole thing from from bits, and it's really cool. But yeah, I, I just like the fact that it was a Switch that looked a bit different for once. Love it. Love it. I mean, yeah, definitely. I would um, lie. I've, uh, I've seen this. The like raw shells just to do the trans, like to do the transparency, and it's that atomic purple, like the the old Game Boy colors, which I've got my eyes on. And I've been so tempted <laughs> to do it, but I know that it's uh, it's not worth it. <laughs> Anton, if you ever win the lottery, then I would love to come and visit your uh, house because it'll just be a shrine. It's going to be like a museum <laughs> when you win the lottery. It would basically be uh, the Jay Leno's car garage version of but with video games. You know, pretty much. <laughs> that pretty is much. legit the dream. Like I see some people and they just buy these mansions. I'm like, I would just get like a normal house, maybe go for like a four or five bedroom and then just have one. It's just all video games. <laughs> oh, Every wall. Yes. Me too. That sounds great. Uh, next up, then, just a, a little bit, a little bit different here. But Heritage Auctions have listed a never-before-seen tabletop-sized Game and Watch version of Vermin with a buyer's premium of one and a half thousand dollars. So you'd need that, you'd need that mansion for this one, Anton. Yeah, this is uh, incredibly cool, and it's kind of sad to see that they never made 
any of these like uh you see a lot of kind of old consoles especially from this era like the Sega neptune or the pluto or something like that where you're just kind of like why not like if, especially if it's not needing a software library to back up put them out sell them for like a hundred pounds they maybe sell get like 30 of them in the wild and then uh collectors like me can just fight over it in a, a car boot but nevertheless Absolutely. cool to see <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, have a look at it al I tried to, couldn't find it. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Well, it's cool. I must admit, I'll be interested to see how much it's not obviously not sold yet, Anton. I assume so. No, I think it's currently at last I checked at one thousand four hundred within its first day. So you know, it's it's yeah, Nintendo it's after all. It will more than meet its premium. Yeah, it's going to hit that reserve, I think. Uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer is coming on the 12th of May, Alistair, and you Yay! suggested that would happen, and we kind of had that rumour, and we all thought it was going to happen, and yes, it's happening, so there we are. It so is happening, happen. and I'm very excited about it. I'm really hoping that when I go back and play this game that it is as good as I remember it. I have a horrible feeling I'm going to buy it, I'm going to play it and go, I just remember how much I hated this game at the time, and I just my brain has just put a nice rose-tinted nostalgia wash over it, what was maybe not... A great game. I can't remember. I just I've, I've just got fond memories of it. <laughs> you know, to to give it uh, kind of an outsider's point of view, I must say I was kind of impressed by how un N sixty four it looks. It it like looks fairly rounded. It didn't have many sharp edges from looking at the screenshots. So uh, all the hopes. It was a good looking game at the time. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to check it out. I'm not. It depends on price again. I don't think it's going to be too bad, but we'll, we'll watch on that one as well. It's good to see another game from that era uh, arriving on the Switch. Next up, though, Gamescom 2020 is now cancelled, although digital events are now in the works, and Cubic Games have done a direct. So, Cubic Games, there. The, if you got a whole bunch of free games before Christmas, that was them, wasn't it, Anton? Um, I, I don't think so. I think they're a separate team. Uh, okay, well, anyway, they've announced a few games, which I, I thought looked quite, some of these look quite interesting. I did have a look at this. Uh, not quite a direct excitement level, but, you know, still. They announced Dex, or DEX, a 2D open-world cyberpunk game with hacking, shooting, and dialogue trees. I did quite like the look of that. I also now, uh, announced Door Kickers, which is a top-down RTS game where you play as a SWAT team. Uh, Good Night Night, which is a stealthy procedural generated RPG. Again, I thought that looked all right. Uh, Real Boxing 2, a realistic-ish boxing game. And Godfire, a third-person action adventure. Uh, any of these catch your eye, Alistair? I like the idea of Real Boxing 2. I don't watch boxing, but there's something about boxing games. I've always enjoyed them ever since... And this is, this is really sad. Do you remember back in the Xbox 360, there was a Rocky game came out? That's in, like, Rocky Balboa. Oh, it was a terrible game, but I loved it, because at that point, I was kind of just discovering the world of Rocky. So I watched all these Rocky movies, and then went out and bought Rocky on the Xbox and just punched seven shades out of all these characters I knew from the movies and loved it. I went back and bought it again a couple of years ago and went, oh, man, God, this is so bad. Why do I remember this being so good? But I'm kind of tempted by this realistic-ish boxing game because it might be quite good fun. Yeah, I think, uh, personally for myself, I... I won't lie, there, these are a lot of games where I was like, they look fairly good. I don't know how much I'd buy them, but I, I really like their fresh takes on genre. I think particularly Good Night Night. It's fascinating to see them do self and an RPG like that, which uh, I think is a nice kind of change from the usual click and point RPG kind of battling. But Door yeah, Kickers... Yeah, I, I did think you might have been interested in that. So Door Kickers is another one you saw. Yeah, it's kind of, of like if you have ever seen Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, very mm -hmm. much kind of your, your legit SWAT team. It's kind of a little bit darker, a little bit ugly in areas. But I think the kind of, kind of uh, strategy element of this game could be quite good. But how, how are you feeling, Mike? Um, yeah, I like the look of the cyberpunk thing. Just got a soft spunk, soft spot for cyberpunk type games. Uh, also, Good Night Night, I thought looked quite good. I think of that style again, it's slightly different, but I thought I was quite interested in that. And um, yeah, I think like you, Door Kickers again. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would, I definitely play real boxing. I'm not so bothered about a boxing game, but you know, definitely. There we go. Something for everyone. Yes, very good. Uh, all right, let's move on then to this week's rumors. Now I'm not normally one for gossip, but. Right, first of all, talking about that system update that we mentioned earlier, um, there's talk about this adding support for a new Switch model. I did see some talk about this 
this week, um, all sorts of rumours surfacing about a new Switch model and had there been leaks and all sorts. Um, this model would feature a slightly updated Tegra X1 Plus and exclusive functionality of a secondary display. Now, this is the bit that worried me slightly, Alistair, because... The rumour that I'd been reading all week was that this was going to be like the Switch 3DS. Now, I don't have a problem with it. I just feel like it would dilute dilute what the Switch is. Um, I don't I don't I don't see the need for it personally. A secondary screen. I'm not it's not my thing. Um, But first of all, do you think this is realistic? And secondly, would you welcome it? Uh, is it realistic? Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely realistic. I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, they, they've poured through the, the code in there, and sh- sure enough, as I understand it, there is definitely um, opportunity to, to do second screen. It depends what they use the second screen for. So I completely agree. I'm worried that if you did do a 3DS successor version, then it could dilute the switch. But what they could be thinking about doing is branching off, keep the same hardware going, but basically do... You've already got a Switch Lite, which you can't dock. So why couldn't you do a Switch Lite with a double screen, which is still in the same family, you can still play the same games, but has that little screen and just gives you a different way of playing? If they badged it in such a way that it became sort of a different product but in the same family, that could be interesting. And then you could have your Pro, which sits docked and you can pick it up and walk away with it, gives you a slightly different experience. It means that people like you and me, Mike, might end up actually buying two Switches each. Your one that you actually predominantly take away with you and the one that was predominantly docked, but you could technically pick it up and take it with you as well. It's not yeah. a bad idea. If you're Nintendo, it's it's quite smart, but whether that's actually what they're doing or not, I have not a foggy. You know, I, I think with this rumour, there's like a totally, like a couple different ways to interpret this. And I think watching some coverage by some other creators has really enlightened me to the multiple ways you could look at this. Uh, I think... Option one is we have a switch where the second screen is your own home 50-inch TV and then the tablet is your own one. The second option is that there is just a dual-screen switch, almost like a 3DS, and you fit the two screens in your pocket. And then the third option, which I'm kind of the one it's hopeful for, is this second-screen option is less so a kind of dual screen experience more so an option to maybe output to a separate screen independently of the console so maybe having a wireless dongle and then you have an option to output to your second screen and that's maybe the wireless dongle so it's less of a docking Mm. experience and then you can kind of use your tablet as is or maybe a kind of switch like two as a self-contained unit um i think yeah kind of as you're saying mike i don't think they would fragment the audience like that yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. It's very interesting, though. And as I say, my my worry is just where it would go. But I take the point of having two different options. And, I, you know, yeah, I think you're right. It is a possibility. And I suppose that's why that's why we're talking about it as a rumour at the moment, because it really is just, you know, up in the air. And it is just one particular um, sort of possibility amongst many. We've had, had many different rumours of different ways the Switch could go. Uh, next up, Stardew Valley's developer have said there's a good chance they could give you a physical release uh, in the West. Uh, I think, Anton, lots of people would snap that up if that happened. Yeah, I'm surprised no publisher has kind of jumped to the opportunity to kind of get a little bit of that kind of uh, publishing cred because uh, you know it's one of the greatest selling games of all time on the switch it's always at the top of the charts and uh not even as a limited run thing uh, i'm surprised it hasn't quite happened yet yeah yeah um i know you've not played it alistair but it is a very popular game it is. I do have my own theory as to why it's not appeared physically, and that's probably because the uh, developers probably wanting too much uh, in terms of a royalty for it, and the publisher going, it's not worth it for us. Uh, it, it, I'm maybe sceptical, but I suspect that's probably why it's not appeared physically. I suspect it's not for a lack of people wanting to do it. <laughs> I suspect Very a lot true. of the time it's much like what my work in the music industry is often where it does come down to business at the end of the day. Uh, okay, one more rumour for you this week, and that is Burnout Paradise Remastered. It's been leaked on the US eShop with a release date of the 19th of June, which is not too far away. Asking price $49.99, um, which is what we expected, to be honest. But um, obviously options then to hopefully get a physical version cheaper. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, we don't really have to say much. We've talked about it. Excited, yes or no, Alistair? Very, yes. Yes, Anton. Give me, give me, give me. I want it now. I am just wondering, if it's coming out on the 19th of June, 
could I then buy that for my mum for her birthday and just never <laughs> give it to her? Because her birthday is a couple of days after that. <laughs> yeah, um, you could try that. I Best of luck. see your mum being a Burnout Paradise Remastered uh, fan, but you never know. You never know. And that's up to you. <laughs> uh, let's move on then to this week's quiz. I have so many questions. Now, we are going to do things slightly differently, but also very familiar because it's time to mix things up again. And we will go back to, I'm sure at some point, our uh, lovely format that we've been doing for the last while with our quiz host, Alistair. Thank you so much for those uh, those weeks of torture where I got beaten every week, Alistair. Thank you for that. that it was amazing how quickly or how frequently you got beaten when most of it was just nonsense and was largely random chance, I think. I mean, Anton yeah. didn't know a few of them, to be fair, but a lot of it was random chance and you still got beaten. The world is out to get you, buddy. <laughs> well, I feel like I might be able to get some revenge oh, here. Um, so, you know, let's see. So the way we're going to do this, there's three rounds. And much like we did when we started the podcast, for the first two, uh, I'm going to give you clues to a game and you have to identify the game. OK, so mm-hmm. I'm going to start just like we used to do. I'll give you one clue. If someone knows you get one guess per round and then we'll see who gets the answer to each one. And then in the third round, what I'm going to do is slightly different. I'm going to give you the title of a game and I want you to tell me the year the game was first released. And if you oh, know anything else about Lord. the game, you can oh. give me that too. Do we get uh, now, the game for closeness? The game could be anything. Yeah, so the, the whole point is if it's 1-1, and let's say the answer for the final one was 1985, and Alistair said 1983, and Anton said 1993, then uh, Alistair would win the round. Closest uh, how, to the post. All right, yes, closest to the post. And if you have any more knowledge about the game, then of course, I'd love to hear it. You can discuss it. You can tell me what you think it's about. That's all for fun. But the, the, the crux of in the third round is to give me the year, okay? so Can I, can I request uh, double points for a win for me so I can at least try and keep some <laughs> sort of um, contact with Anton um, <laughs> okay okay no 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 let's make this let's make this interesting Alistair oh. if you win we'll make it 2-0 to Alistair and Anton if you win it's 1-0 to you so Anton you have to win Correct. 2 for every one of Al's wins because let's face it let's face it when it comes to knowledge you may be the youngest Anton but you are the Encarta to our crash MS-DOS oh. systems oh not at all <laughs> Okay. Oh, you're a games guru, buddy. You really are. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, okay, so the first game, and I'll give you a clue, and then Do I'll... we need buzzers, by the way, or are we just shouting out? How does no, you get again? one guess each per round, okay? So I'll give you the clue, and then you can... And obviously, it's up to you how quickly you want to say it. I will take the first person to get it. Uh, this was a third-person action-adventure puzzle platform game developed and published by Ubisoft and released... In 2003. Rayman Free? No. Care to guess, Alistair? Uh, third person puzzle platform, Ubisoft. I see, I hear Ubisoft. I only ever think um, Assassin's Creed. But it's not really a puzzler. Mm. I'll go with Assassin's Creed anyway, just because I can't think of anything. It's else. not. Next up, it was released across the Game Boy Advance, the PlayStation 2, the GameCube, the Xbox, and Microsoft Windows in November 2003 and was technically a reboot of a series. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. If you get the series, I'll give you the point. <laughs> Because the title's like a... So it's a series with a subtitle, if that helps you. Any guesses? It is. Uh, third person um, puzzler. Red Faction? It's not Red Faction. Good guess. Oh, Solid guess, you. but not right. No, it has no, no relation pass. to them. No okay. idea. The game follows an unnamed prince whose father sacks a Maharaja's city uh, at the instigation of its treacherous, treacherous vizier. Prince of Persia, then. Oh. Alistair, well done. You've got a point. <laughs> I'm going to oh. give you it for that. <laughs> me. It's Prince of, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. So I remember when that came out. Wow. Couldn't yeah. have told you that was Ubisoft, though. I have learned something today. You, there we are. You were kind of right with the first one, because the, the Assassin's Creed started off as Prince, a Prince of Persia sequel. It, it was just two ah. different to actually the, the same game, so... That's very really close. I actually didn't know that. We are well, all learning two something things. Today. All right, one nil to Alistair then. Uh, next up. Okay, this is a third-person shooter 
developed and published by the 3DO company for PlayStation, Nintendo 64, Game Boy Color, and Microsoft Windows. Video Game Boy Color. What was, what was the genre again? Sorry. It's a third-person person, third-person shooter. Ooh. Um. Hmm. Well, not Shadow Man. Nope. Oh, uh, 3DO. Um. I'm not too sure. Uh, I think I'm going to have to pass there. In the game, you pilot one of four helicopters through the treacherous terrain of the backyard picnic areas and nearby beaches. Mech Warrior? No. Oh, this is ringing a bell. No, it's, no, no that must be an older game than that. No, I'm going to pass. Okay, you take command of Blade and his ragtag crew of chopper pilots as they fly one of four choppers, Huey, Chinook, Super Stallion, or Apache, through 16 missions of plastic carnage. I've played whatever this freaking game uh, is. Army Man? Oh. Yes, Anton! Oh, Army oh. Man Air Attack was the exact uh, title of that one. I, this week, because I've got subtitles to them as well, I'm giving you the the, the, the point. You got uh, the last one with Prince of Persia. Well done, Anton. Nice game. Um, I've forgotten that existed. Yeah. Actually, yeah. this has jogged my memory entirely. I had no idea um, the 3DO company was involved with that. Yeah, they developed and published... Uh, that particular title from Army Men. Of course, there were were loads of Army Men games. Um, interesting with that one for me, the reason I know that game well is my brother, uh, both my brothers who were, well, let's see, one would have been about 10 then and one would have been about four when these games came out. Um, they both played those game series for ages and just loved them, just thought they were brilliant. So um, on the PlayStation, I would have thought as well. So there we are. So that makes it 1-1, which makes the third round very interesting oh. for the first time. Ooh. I'm really pleased that this is this has uh, happened as it's happened. Okay. So, the way this works, just a reminder, third round, it's 1-1. I'm going to give you the title of a game, and I want you to pick the year it was released. Now, you can explain it. I'll come to each of you. There's no need to fight for time. So, I'm going to start with, um, seeing as Alistair got the first one right, I'll start with Alistair this week. So, first of all... I'll put my hands up so you can tell I'm not Googling it. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I'm not, I trust you both. I trust you both. The, uh, listen, everyone's doing Zoom quizzes right now and family quizzes and all sorts, <laughs> so we have to trust each other because everyone can cheat. Uh, okay, Beethoven, the ultimate canine caper. Uh, that would be, let's see, when did the Beethoven mm. movies come out? They would probably be in early 90s, around about 90... I'm going to go 92. Okay, Anton. Oh, I feel hmm, this definitely sounds PC. Uh, I f- I'm feeling like a night a Windows ninety seven point and click adventure. So I'll go with that ninety eight. Okay, well, let me tell you more about the game. It was a game adaptation of the film Beethoven Second, which I've, I do know. They, are you familiar with the Beethoven films, Anton? I am not. No. <laughs> okay, so this this gives Alistair a distinct advantage this week because Beethoven was not about Beethoven the composer. It was about a dog called Beethoven, uh, and there were several films in the Beethoven series which were nineties classics, as Alistair alluded to, uh, and uh, very much kids' films, and uh, yeah, really, really kind of just fun comedy type films. So. Uh, this was based on Beethoven's second, Beethoven, the Ultimate Canine Caper. It was developed by uh, Rai Riedel Software Productions and published by High Tech Expressions for SNES, Game Boy and DOS. Oh, no. <laughs> it was in DOS. It was in DOS. Yeah, wow. it was the final unity of the Beethoven games. Final unity being Star Trek for the non-geeks among us. Uh, okay, so <laughs> in the game... Uh, it's a side-scrolling and platform game. Beethoven uses a supersonic waved barking attack that is used against enemies like dog catchers and cats. Uh, you can use growling to charge Beethoven's bark, which increases the destructive power. When Beethoven is soaked by water in the game, you can shake the water off at enemies, which causes them damage. <laughs> this sounds great. like a proper, really high-quality kind of platform game from that era. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, do, you, do, you want to, do you know what people said about it? Sure. I'll give you an example. Video game journalist Roy Basave praised the game's graphics and action moves while calling it a family game. Nintendo Power gave Beethoven the ultimate canine caper a 2.475 out of 5. That's a very specific rating. That is incredible. That, that must be an algorithm they used to get to there. 49.5% ratio, so just under 50%. Okay, so I'll put you out your misery. Alistair, congratulations. You were the closest. It actually was released in Europe, which is the version I would always take, 
first if it, if it does come out in Europe in December 93 uh, oh, North so America close. North America December 93 and then South America February 94 so uh, so there we are so you now know a new a new film for you to go and watch yes. Anton and a game to play uh, you know, and you've now got to win two more quizzes to catch up with me because I've got two Scandalous. points. <laughs> well, now I'm reassessing that. I feel a bit guilty. I think you I might just make film it one against nil. me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll make that. We'll make that one nil for now, and we'll see if we're really losing. Oh no, then. you can't. Oh. Ba- no, you can't backtrack. No. That's that's it's changing okay. the rules. <laughs> well, well Anton is going to whitewash me for the rest of it. This is not happening again. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Right, fine. We'll go 2-0 then. 2-0 to Alistair. Uh, okay, so hopefully you enjoy it. Does that make sense? You're happy enough with that? As Indeed, a new, that sounds good, mate. Uh, That's a good format. I like it. Yeah, sure. Cool. All right. It keeps it interesting with the third one being a bit different, I think. And it means like we can talk about a random, random, random game again, which is always fun. So, Because I'll always try and find one that none of us would have probably known. And then, of course, Anton goes, oh, yeah, I've got that. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was my problem, trying to come up with the last few sort of quizzes I was doing before. Everything I looked up I was like, oh, Anton's probably heard of that. No, Anton's probably got that. No, just trying to find obscure I... games that Anton hasn't come across is really hard to do. Yep, give me too much credit. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I'm sure like we can... Uh... A thousand? Ah, there's a... Out of curiosity, so one of the games that I was desperate to use for the quiz and never did was a game called Seaman. Yes, on the, on the Dreamcast. Yes, I knew you'd come across <laughs> what, that. What game was it called, sorry? S-E-A-M-E-N. It's a... Oh. Uh, it's a, a fish raising simulator starring uh, Patrick Stewart as the fish, uh, and you speak into a microphone in the Dreamcast controller. I mean, if you'd said it's that, it's as in weird the, as it sounds. If you'd said that in the previous quiz format, I'll, I, I'd have had to say, "Oh, that's clearly false." So um, <laughs> I just yeah. knew that Anton would know it because it was so random. It was like he must have heard of this. It's a sort of a cult classic game. It's so bad and so weird, but. Just go and look it yeah, up. You just okay. Go and look Perfect. this game up. I can't. We can't do it justice by just verbally explaining it. Go and look up. See well on the Dreamcast. on that bombshell. Let's finish up this week's podcast. We will be back for another podcast in a week's time. Of course, thank you if you are a patron supporter. You'll get our extra last call, which we're about to go and record as well. Uh, but until next week, thank you for your support. Remember nsukp.co.uk, Twitter. Anything else, Anton? Yes, Twitter at nsuk podcasts uh, similarly on facebook and over at the website you can go view the complete backlog uh, find out more about our patreon and get links to our youtube etc and uh mm. yeah. yeah you can email me uh, messages thoughts abuse whatever you want to send to uh, podcast at nsukp.co.uk excellent and with that we will be back in a week's time have a good week and goodbye cheerio au revoir